culture war. We're losing it. We know we're losing it, but why? Why are we actually losing it? We're going to dig into that tonight. Plus, we get to talk to Linda McMahon. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Children are the future. Well, we love saying stuff like that, right? We sing the songs and, and whatnot, but children are really important, aren't they? Let's, let's set aside your kids and my kids for a moment, because obviously you're biased and I'm biased. You know, I know you like kids. I like kids. Well, I like my kids. I don't like your kids. I'm kidding. Either way, set aside your own personal connections. Children really are the future. It's not just some corny song. They are. What your kids are learning now, what my kids are learning now, well, it's not just going to shape who they are as people. It's going to shape what the United States of America looks like when they run society. It's weird to think about it that way because it's not really a humane way to look at your kids. You know, you want to think about T-ball practice and you want to think about feeding them ice cream and all the other fun stuff you do with your kids. But the truth is that little human being you're raising that person is going to have some kind of a role in what the United States of America looks like in the future. That's why companies, all companies, go after kids very early on. This is something that is not new. Now, we'll get to what the communists are doing with it now in just a moment, but this is not something that's new. Just in the advertising world, in the media world, it's just something that's widely known. You want to get your product, most products, appealing to people as young as humanly possible. Why? Well, you don't like change, do you? If I were to tell you tomorrow, you're moving. Congratulations. Your, your, your house is sold. You even made a little profit on it, and you're moving uh, five states over. You would be stressed out. You wouldn't like it. It would be extremely uncomfortable. You might have a nervous breakdown because human beings don't like change. Who we are when we're young, who we learn how to be when we're young, that's who we stay. And so that's why you've seen companies time after time after time after time market their goods to kids, which can be relatively innocent when you're trying to get your kid to buy you know, some sneakers, some Lucky Charms, go out to see the new movie, Oh, hey, what kind of gear do you prefer to wear? Adidas is really cool. Whatever the case may be, always trying to appeal to kids because the truth is when you're six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, believe it or not, you are starting to make buying decisions that will affect you the rest of your life. Mommy, mommy, I really want those Adidas shoes. I like that commercial. I don't want the Nike shoes. I didn't like that commercial. Mommy buys the Adidas. You always stick with Adidas. Are you starting to understand? Well, again, this can be relatively innocent when we're talking about soda and sneakers. But communists, like they always do, recognize the opportunity your kids give them as well. And that's why you and I, and I'm really talking to myself here, we have to do a lot more than even we're doing now to guard what goes into our kids' eyes and what goes into our kids' ears. Because now, the truth is, American companies are run by communists. They're advised by communists, by these cultural Marxists. And they don't take a commercial now and about uh, Lucky Charms. They don't take a Lucky Charms commercial and do what they used to do when you were a kid or I were a kid. 
How do we market this cereal that tastes like cardboard but has marshmallows in it? How do we make sure little Timmy wants to buy our cereal and eat our cereal? I know. Let's get a little leprechaun after, out there, and we'll, we'll talk about our Be Lucky Charms. And, and little Billy will think that's funny, and he'll go to Mommy and ask for Lucky Charms. It's simple. Simple. They don't think that way now. And that's what's so hard for you and I to understand because the world has changed so fast. So fast. I'm only 39. I'm going to be 40, granted, in five days, July 20th. Not that I'll bring it up on the air or anything like that. But I'm only 39 years old. When I was a kid, you could sit down and watch television. You could watch Family Matters on a Friday night, Full House. What kind of commercials would you see? Oh, I don't know. You'd see Michael Jordan out there selling Nikes. Coca-Cola Classic, you know, the normal stuff. And that's the world you and I grew up in. The thing is, though, you can't do that anymore. Honestly, unless it's the first TV, I don't know that I'd leave my kids in front of any television channel now if I left the room. Times have changed. The Lucky Charms people, and I'm only using them as an example here, they don't sit down now when they're coming up with their new advertising campaign and they have whiteboards in a corporate boardroom and they're writing down ideas here and ideas there and, oh, I like this, and they're figuring out what they want to do. They're not only figuring out how to make sure your kid wants to eat Lucky Charms. They're figuring out how to make sure your kid is LGBTQ plus uh, tolerant. They're figuring out how to make sure your kid hates himself, hates his skin color, hates the United States of America. These meetings are going on in corporate boardrooms today. They're trying to get their hooks in your kids and trying to get their hooks in your kids early. In my own neighborhood, in my neighborhood, and I live in the burbs of Texas, where it's, I, I did a look on it once, I think it's 92% Republican around where I live, it's, it's Republican. The neighborhood kids, all kids of Republican parents, they're all gravely, gravely concerned about man-made climate change. Almost to a man, every one of them. Why? It's what they're watching. It's what they're watching. It's what they're learning in school. It's what they're watching all day long. The SUVs killing Mother Earth. Oh, sweet Gaia. They're getting to your kids. They're getting to your kids. And look, it is. It's tricks are for kids, Lucky Charms, Happy Meals, Burger King. It's, it's why all the sports stars are getting involved in it now. Where am I going with all this? Well, these corporations, you realize they have people advising them on these ad campaigns, people who almost universally work for Democrat politicians. See, this is the danger in what I talk to you about all the time, the danger in not having different separate cultural institutions, the danger in having one system, one system where you go from working for this president to working at CNN and then you leave CNN and you go to Nabisco and you're telling them how to market their products to kids and oh, look tonight, another Democrat got elected. I'll go to this president and be an advisor here. And, oh, once I'm done with that, he's not elected anymore. I'll go to the university system where I'll make $500,000 a year making sure your 18 or 19-year-old loves communism and loves Democrats. Up oh, and then back to Nike, advise it. Do you see how it works now? This is the life that all these people live. One gigantic communist system where they know, where they know, get to the kids. Get to the kids. Make sure the kids hate themselves Make sure the kids hate America and 
you're virtually guaranteed to be churning out 22-year-old people who will vote Democrat the rest of their lives. They know. I mean, we made fun of this yesterday. Did you see this singer? Her name is Olivia Rodrigo. She went to the White House yesterday. Here's her. Uh, I'm in awe of the work President Biden and Dr. Fauci have done and was happy to help lend my support to this important initiative. It's important to have conversations with friends and family members, encouraging all communities to get vaccinated and actually get to a vaccination site, which you can do more easily than ever before, given how many sites we have and how easy it is to find them at vaccines.gov. Thank you, Jen, for having me today. uh, And thank you all for helping share this important message. It's so appreciated. Thank you. Now, let me ask you an uncomfortable question. Because here, I know what's happening right now. If you're sitting in the room with your 14-year-old daughter, she knows exactly who that is. But I know exactly what's happening right now. What you're doing is the exact same thing I did. You're saying, who's Olivia Rodriguez? What, what does this matter? And on top of that, look, I didn't know who she was either. Some 18-year-old singer, apparently very popular. But on top of that, you're doing something else. And this is the thing that's causing you harm, that's causing the nation harm. You're making a huge, huge mistake. One I used to make as well, you're saying something else. Well, who cares what she says? She's an 18 year old. Who cares what she says about anything? Who cares what she says? I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna read you some numbers. She has 14.5 million followers on Instagram, 1.3 million followers on Twitter, 9.4 million followers on TikTok, and people listen to her 60 million times a month on Spotify. Who is she? I don't know. Who cares what she says? A lot of people care what she says. A lot of kids care what she says. It is really important that we understand we can no longer do this thing we've done, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody. No one cares what that singer says. Yes, they do. We have got to start producing talent like that and fight our culture war just as purposely, purposefully as they do, or we're never going to make it here, ever. We're never going to make it. Now, It's not just the pop stars. It's not just the Democrat politicians. It's not just the corporations. It's not. It's actually even worse than that. We have to have a talk about teachers. And this always gets uncomfortable when we talk about teachers because you've been taught to respect teachers. You have. Maybe you are a teacher. But you're always taught, oh, these saintly teachers looking after our children while dad's off earning a living. You need to change your thinking. Are there wonderful teachers out there? Absolutely. Most of these teachers suck, though. And half of them, well, they're teaching your kids how racist they are. What is white privilege? White privilege is when people who are white have additional benefits, advantages, and fewer barriers to overcome than people of color. People of color are folks with black or brown skin or of a specific race or ethnicity. That doesn't mean that if you're white, you aren't talented or smart or your life is easy. It means that you have extra privileges just because of the color of your skin. Really? Yes, really. 
Get your kids out of government schools. See those flags behind her? That person looks after somebody's kids for seven, eight hours a day. What chance does that child have to grow up to be a sane adult? Get your kids out of government schools. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, something else is going to make you uncomfortable. Your holster is garbage, and it could kill you. If you have a holster, if you went to one of the big box hunting stores, and that's where you got your holster, you're setting yourself up for a potential disaster one day. Holsters are not a pocket. Holsters must perform. They must perform not the day you buy it. No one's holster breaks first day. Your holster has to perform after a year, two years, in the sun, clipping on your belt, clipping off your belt. Now, that's when your holster actually matters. Go to Northwest Retention Systems and get a custom holster. That's where I have mine, a custom holster. I even get my mag carriers from Northwest Retention Systems. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE, though. Save yourself some money. That gets you 10% off. Now, the election. What do you think about the election? What should you think about the election? Hang on for this one. The election. What do you think about the election? Now, you better say it just to yourself, otherwise they'll delete your social media accounts, get you fired from your job. But the truth is something strange has happened. And we're going to get to this Tucker Carlson stuff he dropped last night, stuff people have been saying for a while. What do you believe about the election? Because we have a funny thing going on in this country now. What we have is a shame society. You know why I call the system the system? We've talked about this before, but any country, any tribe, anything, it's built on cultural pillars, you know, religion, media, uh, government, these things like the entertainment, sports, pillars that hold up a society. And when all those pillars are now controlled by the same ideology, well, you have a broken, corrupt society because no one part of the pillar can ever be challenged by another part of a pillar. Now, what am I talking about? What does this mean? Well, what it means is this. They can invent lies out of nothing. Out of nothing. And because they control every single cultural pillar, they'll never get checked on it. So not only can they invent a lie, this pillar can invent a lie. This pillar will run with it. This pillar will run with it. And this pillar will run with it. And soon they're all saying the same thing and at least half the population believes it. You've seen them do this time and time again. Did you know Donald Trump colluded with Russia to win the election? You know, half the country still believes that. Half the country still believes Brett Kavanaugh was an alcoholic gang rapist. Half the country still believes the problems in the urban black community are the cops. They can invent lies out of not partial truths. When you control everything, you can invent lies out of nothing. But there's another side of it, too. And this side's just as evil. They can crush the truth. They can take you and make you look like a nutball if you simply speak the truth. If you were to go on, think about this. Wrap your mind around this. If you were to go on any one of the big social media platforms right now and say this, 
men are men, women are women, and you can't change your gender. Now, what you just said would be acceptable for any other generation in any nation in the entirety of human history. But if you went on and said that very simple, basic scientific truth today, there's a very good chance you would lose your social media account like that. That's how much they can crush any truth that's out there they don't want out there. Well, the election happened. And you and I watched it on election night. You were watching the election right here on the first, I'm sure. We had all our live coverage that night. And you watched all these numbers coming in, and they looked really good. And then all the counting stopped. I mean, I personally was here doing live election coverage all night long. And finally, I went home and went to sleep because they stopped counting all the ballots. And then just like you, I woke up the next morning. All right, let's go see. Looks like how much did Trump win it by? Wait, what? They came back and counted up. There was all this weird stuff happening. And just like you, I didn't know what to make of it. The system had built so much distrust in me, I automatically assumed something scummy happened, but I didn't know. I wasn't there. I didn't have all this information. I, I don't know the exact ins and outs, the black and white, the yes, he closed this, they did that. I didn't know either, just like you didn't know. But it all looked really bad. And then more and more things came out, and it keeps looking really, really bad. And then people like you and I were saying things like, okay, well, can someone, can someone confirm this for me? Because this looks really bad. And you know what we got? Shut up. I'll delete your Facebook page. Don't you dare talk like that. This was the most fair election ever. Repeat it. Say what I just said. It's the most fair election ever. You better say it. I'll delete your Twitter account right now. Almost this creepy insistence that nobody questioned anything about the election at all. Which only, as it always does when you censor ideas like that, it only hardened the thinking of a lot of people who thought they were the thing got stolen. And I never knew, because you got bad information coming from both sides, and you never knew, right? Well, Tucker Carlson is big host, biggest host in the country, biggest voice on the right in America this side of Donald Trump. Dude, I, I mean, it's not, I'm not just saying that because he's my friend. Dude is, has a mega pa powerful platform, and he's speaking uncomfortable truths. Well, he went on last night and showed some of this stuff from Voter GA in Fulton County, Georgia, and it, it looks really bad. What I'm going to show you here is two ballots side by side. One of them is marked for Jason Shaw, and it's got a little squiggle mark next to it. You can see it's got the identical mark on the second one. And the ballot image is stored up here on the top left. So this one over here is scanner 5162. That's scanner number three. Fax number 235. Image number 19. And that matches 234, image 59. So you have the same ballot counted twice in the images and counted in the audit. How that's possible, I don't know. I don't know either. But that looks really bad. And credit to Tucker for being willing to say the uncomfortable truth on such a major platform. That looks really, really bad. A lot of this stuff looks really, really bad. We have an audit currently going on in Arizona. And the further along the audit gets... 
it looks really, really bad. Now, again, I wasn't in all these places on election night. I was sitting here talking to you on camera, reporting on the ballots coming in, following along just like you were following along. I just happened to be doing it on TV. I was walking through it with you. But I know that night it looked really, really bad. And since then, yeah, there's been a lot of noise on the right as well that we should probably ignore. But a lot of the concrete stuff, how do you defend it? I mean, you just saw it black and white. And that's one of a million things I could list for you here. Go look it up yourself. There, there's endless things I could list. It looks really, really bad. I don't know what happened. I don't know how deep it went. I don't know how nefarious it was. I don't know if it changed an election. You don't know either. Don't you think we should find out? All right. Now, what I do know is this. Cyber crime is through the roof these days. The whole world is online. If you own a home, don't think your home title is a piece of paper in a bank vault. Your home title is online, and the hackers are looking for it as we speak. Here's one of them. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Don't get burned. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and sign up. Don't forget to use the promo code RADIO. Get 30 days for free. All right, we got Linda McMahon coming. Hang on. The radical left and big tech's attack on free speech is unlawful. It's unconstitutional, and it is completely un-American. To protect the constitutional rights and liberties of every citizen, this week I filed a major class action. A lot of people are joining. Good. Joining me now, Linda McMahon, chair of the board for the America First Policy Institute, and they are helping the president out with that lawsuit. Linda, thank you for joining us. What is this lawsuit actually attempting to do? This lawsuit really is letting big tech know that they've gone too far, and they're trying to take away our First Amendment rights. And the president is the lead plaintiff, but there have, um, you know, we had about 12 or 14 of co-plaintiffs standing behind him when we made the announcement uh, at Bedminster. But since that time, which is just a week ago today, uh, on our website, takeonbigtech.com, we've had over 50,000 people uh, go onto that website to tell their stories about how they were taken down from Twitter or how their First Amendment rights are being taken away. So we expect that as the lawsuit continues to go forward, we'll have more and more you know, co-plaintiffs who will be part of this class action suit. You know, big tech has done a lot for, you know, for our country, for the world, in connecting people uh, and being able to get information out. But when it has become so powerful now that it acts with impunity, if you will, 
under Section 230 and just goes too far to take away First Amendment rights, we have to stand up and say, you know, we can't have that anymore. You know, big tech is the 21st century digital town hall. And when they don't allow information to be um, distributed and when they censor people who are coming on, they're gone too far. It's something that's guaranteed by our Constitution, the First Amendment, to have freedom of speech. People come to our country for that, and we can't allow it to be taken away. No, we certainly can't allow it to be taken away. And, and Linda, it seems like it's happened in the last, maybe I'm just naive, but it seems like it's happened so recently that big tech has just aligned itself with the left. It, and I find it to be so odd. I don't understand what they got out of this. Maybe they are all just card-carrying Democrats. I don't know. But it seems like a recent thing where Trump was really the first main target of big tech. Well, he certainly has become a big target, that is for sure. And we also found, in fact, part of the lawsuit actually uh, talks about the fact that big tech has become state actors. You know, there's public information now and emails to show that Zuckerberg actually, for example, was um, talking with Anthony Fauci about which information relative to COVID-19 should be put up or should be taken down. At first, it was no on hydroxychloroquine. Then it was yes on hydroxychloroquine. In the meantime, there are people who might have benefited from using that drug early on. But big tech, absolutely, Mark Zuckerberg in, partic Zuckerberg in particular, was colluding uh, with the government on information to be put up and taken down. And that's one of the reasons why this lawsuit, I think, is so important. Okay, assuming you win, what is the outcome? What is the desired outcome? Is it monetary? Is it they're not going to do this censorship anymore? What's, what's the desire for the end of this? Well, in, in a lawsuit of this type, if punitive damages are granted, of course there is money, but that's not, that's not the impetus driving this. The impetus driving this is not just for Donald Trump, who's the lead plaintiff, not just for those other you know, co-plaintiffs who will come on board, but it's, it's for the American people. It's not for Democrats, it's not for Republicans, but this is really for the American people to know that they have to take a stand to make sure that their First Amendment rights are protected. And it's, um, it's something that sets us apart from many countries around the world. And we have to know that we are guaranteed this right of free speech. You know, just for example, AFPI, America First Policy Institute that I chair, uh, when we made the announcement from Bedminster, not too long after that, YouTube took down the announcement, took down the president's remarks, uh, and took down the remarks of those, um, you know, those co-plaintiffs that were standing behind the president. So there's a clear example of how censorship was actually used relative to YouTube and not getting this information out to people to understand that their right to free speech it was being attacked. Linda, you were on President Trump's Small Business Administration, and we, we, have, we have these numbers out now where small businesses are raising prices worse than any time since 1981. Why is that happening? Well, if you look at it, there are a lot of reasons for that. I think we have to look uh, at what's happened with economic policies that certainly um, President Biden and his administration have put in place. You know, they're talking about uh, raising taxes, which I think would just destroy a lot of the good work that the Trump administration did. You know, we had the lowest unemployment. Blacks and Hispanics had the lowest unemployment ever. Women for 
unemployment was growing much. Those numbers were really coming down as well. And for decades, the best numbers for women. And then now what's happened? We've had so much government subsidy with unemployment insurance uh, that, you know, uh, small businesses are having difficult time hiring workers because it, they make more money by staying at home. We hope that those policies are going to soon end. But also inflation that we now see in the marketplace is causing the cost of goods to be higher. So therefore, small businesses that are purchasing goods for their companies to produce, to manufacture, to distribute, restaurants who want to, you know, they would love to keep prices the same, but it's costing them more and more for their food. I mean, when taxes go up, when uh, the price of fuel goes up, all of those costs get passed on to consumers. So small businesses, therefore, are having to raise their prices because it's costing them a lot more to provide their goods and services for the general marketplace. So when you have a combination of not being able to hire because people can stay at home, as a matter of fact, I was just, just yesterday at my hairdresser and uh, I asked him, I said, geez, it looks as though you know, you've got good customer clientele is returning. He said, I'm having the toughest time hiring people. He said, people will come in for interviews and I'll offer them the job on the spot. They'll tell me they'll get back to me. He said, and then I don't hear from them. And he said, so we're, we're really short staffed. A lot of people are working, you know, really hard, but my business could grow more if I could hire the people to, you know, to come in to provide this service that I provide as a hairdresser. So it's real uh, out there. You know, you look at the construction industry. They can't get qualified workers. Um, and, and other industries like that are just having a really difficult time filling the spots. You know, we don't, we don't have a problem of there aren't enough jobs there are many more jobs now than we have people to fulfill those jobs. Linda, why inflation? We're seeing inflation. People are feeling inflation. But it gets complicated when you get into economics like that. And obviously, you are somebody who understands this stuff. Why do we have inflation? Well, I'm clearly not an economist. And I would leave it up to the economist to explain that better than, you know, than I certainly could. But when you flood the market and put too much money into the marketplace, for instance, uh, putting more unemployment insurance money into the marketplace where people don't go to work to earn that money and they're staying at home, but there's just more and more money coming in. You just have more money than you do the requirements for those goods and services. So that inflation number does continue then to go up. And we just need to have our free market enterprise, you know, driving our economy. And, and certainly, you know, not the government bureaucracies of, of flooding the market with too much money. How do we shrink government, Linda? Because you're right. I mean, the bureaucracies have a say-so in this and a say-so in that, and everything's, everything's regulated to death. But, you know, it's a pretty much impossible to get rid of any one of these scummy agencies. Can we, though? <laughs> well, I think elections do have consequences, Jesse. We hear that all the time, and it's yeah. almost become... It's almost become an expression that everybody goes, oh, yeah, well, elections have consequences. But they really do have consequences because it is the policies that the administrations put forth that make a difference uh, in how the government grows. I mean, under the Trump administrations, regulations were taken away. You know, Trump's um, edict, certainly to us as cabinet members, was for every um, you know, new regulation that you put in place, you have to take away two, and it wound up to be five or six that were taken away for each new one that was put in place. That had a real positive impact, especially on small businesses. So when there are policies in place 
that give the government too much control and too much power and you know the power is not in the hands of the people you know who elect the government i mean i'll just you know step aside for one political moment if you look at the the texas um legislators who have come to washington and who are not fulfilling the jobs that they were hired to do by the people in texas that is an effect of you know elections having consequences that's a fact linda mcmahon thank you so much ma'am i appreciate you thank you so much jesse Did you buy a timeshare? Are you stuck in it? Now, if you bought one and you're happy with it, that's fine. But the problem we're seeing is this. While there are, yes, reputable timeshare companies, so many of these timeshare companies are scumbags. And what they're doing is this. They talk you into buying it. Ah, oh, nice little beach house. You buy it, you can't get out. They, weren't, they won't let people out. They aren't letting people out of these things. They're charging people thousands and thousands of dollars. And that's in the cases where they tell you you can't get out. So oftentimes the answer is no. We know of cases where their parents are dying and being forced to pass it down to the kids who are now stuck with it. You're not stuck with it. Newton Group Transfers is out here to help you. Newton Group has been helping people just like you for a long time. Call 888-84-JESSE. That's 888-84-JESSE, or go to timesharejesse.com. They are here to help you. We'll be back. Uh, with these social media platforms, uh, and those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff, but also members of our COVID-19 team. Uh, given, as Dr. Murthy Mur uh, conveyed, uh, this is a big issue of misinformation, specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken, or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. Book, uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We also created the COVID nineteen the COVID Community Corps to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. And we're also investing, uh, as you all have seen, in the presidents, the vice presidents, and Dr. Fauci's time in meeting. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is, is my buddy Curtis Hawk. He is the managing editor with the Media Research Center. Curtis, why, do you think, be honest with me here, mm -hmm. do you think these people ever have a moment where they go home at night? Our cameras are off, friends are gone, spouse is already in bed watching trashy shows, and they look in the mirror and they think about the things they say about censorship and whatnot, and they say to themselves, am I the bad guy? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I don't know, because they all sound like Brian Stelter. And I think the plus for them is they can look at themselves in the mirror and say, well, at least I don't look like Brian Stelter. So it, it's, really, <laughs> it, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, Jesse. So, but no, what we've seen here is the Free Speech America team here at the MRC yesterday put out a report showing that we, we've documented since in the year, couple years since we've started 2,500 instances of censorship. It, it, now it's only getting worse here with, as I pointed out, CNN and the White House have basically merged together 
because that's what their talking points are. Big tech is not clamping down enough on people that we don't like. It's not just views that are wrong, it's views that we don't like. And I think that's really important for viewers to understand here. They're not talking about taking off like you threaten to kill somebody or something like that, or, or just some really crazy stuff like Holocaust denialism. No, we're talking about like bias. That's what we're talking about here. And as somebody who, I myself, I'm pretty pro-vaccine, probably more so than most people on the right, but guess what? This, this crazy censorship, the reading of text messages, the clamping down on Facebook and Twitter of conservatives or people who don't agree with the White House if you're not an influencer, um, it's pretty scary what's going on out here. And these people are so utterly shameless, but they are so convinced that we are the bad guys. People who don't just don't agree with them, they're not just wrong, they're bad people. And we've reached a point in this country, Jesse, we can talk about this more, which is where you criminalize dissent. And that's where the left is right now, where they have that mindset that they can go to sleep at night thinking that they are the people who stormed the beaches at Normandy, as we've seen with the Texas Democrats as of late. Yeah, no, it's true. It, look, and Curtis, I've struggled with this. I still wrestle with it all the time of, obviously, I don't want government censoring private businesses and i don't want i don't want people going after private businesses from the left or the right mm -hmm. kind of I, I was there and then i get to the point where all of america's major corporations they're all in line with the with the democratic party and they're all out to get me how am i supposed to merge these worlds curtis i mean i, I if i'm being under assault by everybody someone has to fight back against them Right, exactly. We're not in this situation. You, you, you nor I are people where we're like David French and just being like, well, just build your own like Google. Yeah. You know, boom, overnight, done. Build your own Facebook. Build your own schools. Not all of us can do this, and we don't live in that world anymore, okay? So I think you're exactly right, and you've talked about this on Twitter, and I, as usual, agree with you because you're right uh, that... It's time we fight back here. And that's really why I'm really proud to work here at Newsbusters and the MRC because Brent Bozell and the rest of the team here, we realized that, yeah, especially with big tech, you can't play nice with these people. They want to destroy you. They want to remove you from the public square. So it's about time we fight back. Oh, but no, Section 230, oh, what about this? What about that? No, we're in a war right now. Um, and you've got, to borrow a term for the Biden administration, war footing. And we have no time for that, messing around or trying to come together on issues like this. I'm glad you brought up the Biden administration bringing up war footing. We've all seen them bring up words like Jim Crow a thousand times, Biden and Saki each out there talking about the greatest threat to democracy since the Civil War. And we have uh, certified geniuses like Joy Ann Reed going on television and saying things like this. What is happening? to the Republican Party. Our country, our democracy, is currently under siege by one of our two major political parties, one controlled by a twice-impeached, one-term president who's more Jim Jones than George Washington, a party that, thanks to Donald Trump's rabbit hole of conspiracy theories, white grievance, and an unquenchable thirst for absolute power, embraces causes that were once viewed as fringe. Remember when these ideas were relegated to some kooky corner of the internet? when erasing a politician's crime sounded like Putin. Not too long ago, our idea of the Republican fringe was a bunch of guys in tri-corner hats getting really angry about taxes and a black president. Well, this new fringe ate that fringe for breakfast, and it's taken over the mainstream Republican Party, and it all culminates 
in that new bizarro world, Republican ideology doing everything in their power to make it so hard for you to vote that you can never vote them out. And you know what they call that? A dictatorship. A dictatorship. Chris, did you know that Republicans are, the Democrats are currently living under a Republican dictatorship, even though Democrats control the House, Senate, presidency, and every single other cultural institution in the country? Yeah, she also said later in the show that Republicans always win the messaging wars, which is, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I mean, that's totally insane. Um, but no, what Joy Reid's problem here, uh, one of many issues, is that she refuses to see people like us as human beings, Jesse. And I think that's really important to underline here. There's no, it's no shock that we have polls like the one from Rasmussen that said 58% of Americans view the media as the enemy of the people. Why is that? Even if you disagree with that term, it's because the media see people who disagree with them. If you're not a Lincoln Project type conservative, read Democrat, because uh, they're not a conservative. You're an enemy of the state here. And that's where we're at right now. It's really dangerous stuff that we're doing here. They want you to believe that your family and your friends and your colleagues, um, your people you went to high school with, your random ex-girlfriend from middle school, uh, to think that you are an enemy and that you are so dangerous that not only do you want not want black people to vote or have IDs, that you want a world of Plessy versus Ferguson like she ended her show with last night. It's really dangerous stuff here. And this kind of rhetoric is why congressional Republicans were attacked a few years ago. And I say that with some you know, real certainty here that this kind of rhetoric is the actual kind of rhetoric that's dangerous. I condemned it when CNN had bombs sent to them. The unfortunate reality is it's doubtful that these people would reciprocate those feelings at all. Well, Curtis, uh, my problem with it is this. Now, I obviously have some strong political views. I voice them all the time about how dire our situation is, but I don't want anyone to get hurt. Nobody. Not on the left, not on the right. I don't want anyone to get hurt. And I view it as an inevitability that not only have people already gotten hurt, this is going to escalate. They're escalating. The right will not be trampled underfoot forever. That's just the history. Humanity says that that's a fact. And this only ends with violence. And that sucks. Yeah. It sucks. And unfortunately, that's where we are right now. So we've got to work to bridge that divide where we can recognize that, yes, we are in a war of ideas and for the future of this country, especially on issues like big tech. I think that's one of the clearest examples that we have. However, I think getting when you get away, when you get towards Joy Reid's point, where it's clear that she doesn't know any conservatives or Republicans in her life, or at least ones that she actually likes and sees redeeming qualities in them, that's where we've got to fix something. We've got to look inward. I'll just say, I know people at these some of these liberal outlets. Some of these people are good human beings. And I think they recognize that some of the stuff that's going out on their ears or the things that they have to read are totally ridiculous and it's dangerous. And they don't, and I think they know that their viewers don't realize that. So it's just such a really scary situation where we're at right now. But the good news is, the good news is, CNN and MSNBC, fewer and fewer people are watching them. So I think that's one hopeful note for us. That is a very hopeful note. Curtis, thank you so much, my brother. We are. All right. Time to lighten the mood. Hang on.
You know, sometimes when we do lighten the mood on this show, like we're about to do now, sometimes it's funny. Most of the times it's funny. This time, it made me feel bad about myself. I want you to look at this video and do the best you can not to think like I thought when I watched this and think to myself, man, I'm lazy. One arm. What a beast. All right. Make sure, make sure you stick around for our special tomorrow. You're going to want to see that. See you then.